This is According to Jim with Jim Joyner and Steve Sell, McPherson's sports talk show. They couldn't believe I didn't watch The Office. I've never seen The Office. Don't know about The Office. <laughs> Listen Monday through Friday from 1230 to 1 p.m. on 96.7 FM KBBE or online at midkansasonline.com. Zings it for the end zone. Caught by Kelsey on a slant. Touchdown, Kansas City. According to Jim is your home for the McPherson Bullpup. Jay Tittleman, a three for the tie. Off the backboard, it's good. Jay Tittleman makes it in. Everything happening in the sports world. As you know, Monty, Vaughn's been working on a couple of new pitches, the Eliminator and the Humiliator to complement his fastball, the Terminator. And even some things not happening in the sports world. I fear the Reaper today. Yeah, I Because I, I, feel, I just feel like death warms over today. <laughs> I really do. Now it's time for According to Jim. Here's Jim Joyner and Steve Sell. Let's do this thing, another edition of According to Jim, right here on 96.7 FM KBBE, or for those of you listening online, worldwide, at midkansasonline.com. I'm Jim Joyner, joining me as always, the most popular man in McPherson, and a man who did something last night that I never believed that I would see him do, Mr. Steve Sell, for the entire nearly two years that I've known you, Steve, there have been two things that you tell me. Number one, you don't do. One of those things is wear a tie. Right. You don't wear ties. I don't even know. I have a tie. I don't know where it's at, though. Number two, you don't do banquets. That's right. Of any of any kind. No galas, no promenades, no banquets. But last night, you did a banquet, and I was very excited to see you there. I did. For the McPherson Boys Basketball Banquet. I think you had some some vested interest in, in being there for that. I think you enjoyed a little food. Yeah, always like food. But were you glad that you made the decision to do a banquet this time? I, I was. I was. I just, I've always felt that banquets are for the kids and their parents. I've just always thought that. And that's, Why is that? Because I just, that's just how I've always felt. I just feel like they're for You the, don't think it's about you? It, it's not. A, I have nothing to do with that. Well, it's not about you, but you get to observe and yeah. and see what's being said. Yeah, you're a part of the team, Steve. Well, whether you want to believe it or not, you're a part of the team. Yeah, there are a lot of people that whatever they know about bullpup basketball, all of their opinions, all of their opinions on KU and K State, sometimes they get them through you. You're the opinion maker. Is that they, weird to believe? And they don't agree with me quite often. Yeah, most of the time they go, God, that guy's the <laughs> last one that we have. No, you're, you're the opinion maker. And whether it is in things that you write with talking about a certain thing that happened or if it's things that you say on the air, yeah. if, if you say, man, this guy's having a good game and somebody just popped it in real quick and, oh, now they're back in the car, they're getting out of the car, they're going home, and they show up tomorrow morning and people say, hey, the bullpups won and, they said, yeah, Steve said on the radio that so-and-so was playing great. That's what they think. You're an opinion maker. and you Storyteller. Yeah, you are a storyteller, and you get to be a part of the process. I'm glad you got to be there last night. Well, I enjoyed myself. Coach Kinneman only made fun of you a little bit. Yeah, just, just a couple times, but that comes with the territory. He's pretty good when you get the mic in his hand. He, he's, really, he's actually really funny. People don't see that side of him. Now, you know, you and I see that side of him, but... The general public, they see this gruff guy stomping around, giving the stare, 
yelling at officials. Whipping that tie off and throwing it into the stands. Yeah, so, but uh, he really is pretty funny. He's got a very dry sense of humor. Steve, we enjoyed our time last night. Are you excited yet for the NCAA tournament? I mean, it begins tonight. Fairleigh Dickinson and Prairie View A&M. I, will, I don't know how I'm going to make it through this bullpup soccer be, game. I will not be excited until Thursday. That's all I'll be thinking about. Yeah. And Temple and Belmont. Temple and Belmont. Now, Belmont. That's a big game. Belmont's a fun team to watch. I think they're out of the Ohio you know, Valley. You know, Kyler Kinneman got recruited heavily by Belmont. Belmont. Yeah. Isn't that in Nashville? I think so. That'd be a fun place to be. Sure. Belmont and Temple. I'm telling you, it's going to be the, the game of the year. Then you go to tomorrow, North Carolina Central. And North Dakota State, I've never been so excited for a play-in game. You are being facetious. What about Arizona State and St. John? Now, Arizona State and St. John will be kind of a fun game because you got Bobby Hurley against uh, uh, Chris Mullen. That's true. So you don't care at all about the 16 versus the 16 game no. for either of them? No. So at 545 and 540, you don't care? I don't care. Now at 8 o'clock for the 11 versus 11, you do care? And who is that? Belmont and Temple and Arizona State and St. John's. I actually I don't care about those games. I'm ready. Why for, not? I'm Steve? ready. I'm ready for the big sixty-four. Is what I'm ready for. So you really care about VCU and UCF? Oh, you have no idea. Oh, that's a big one. Yeah. Well, in that in that Taco Fall. Taco Fall. Oh yeah. And seven Shaka's foot, old team. Seven foot nine or whatever Taco Fall. Is. I think he's eight foot six. Well, something like that. Steve, I want to talk about the bracket a little bit more. Coming up in our second portion, I want to really dive into our predictions because we are not going to have a show tomorrow. That's right. I'm taking a little time off. We don't have a show for the rest of the week, right? That's right. Okay. So we have to make all of our big predictions, our bold weekend predictions today. Okay. Because we don't have Wednesday. We don't have Thursday. I will, certainly don't have Friday. I, on the other hand, will be working. Yeah, but, but you won't be doing the show. I can't. You don't know how to run the board. I, that's right. I don't want to know how to. Run I, I just want you to come in here at about twelve thirty tomorrow and and turn the mic on and say, "Okay, time to time to go through my predictions." I couldn't, I couldn't run this show if 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 I had to. It takes a lot of skill. I'd have to have Casey do the board, and I just do what I do. That's true. So I want to run through a lot of our predictions, Steve. Maybe the biggest news story of the day today. Is one of your favorite players, Mike Trout, yeah. for the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim, signing a massive, and I mean massive, contract extension, which will put a lot of halt to crazy talks about, oh, will the Angels ever trade Mike Trout? Well, what would gonna, you be willing to Philadelphia, trade him for? Yeah, he's going to be a free agent, what, in two years and or next year. And Philadelphia was already, Bryce Harper says, I'm going to get Mike Trout to Philadelphia. 12-year $430 million extension. That is so the not, largest contract so in, in other words, he's getting history. paid almost half a billion. Is, is that my math correct? 12-year, $430 million. Is that, is that is that correct? $430 million would be almost a half a billion? Almost a half a billion. Half a billion for one player who could break down at any time. What do you think $430 million divided by 12 years is? I'd say about 36 Thirty-five million eight thirty-three. I'm close. What do you want to divide that by games? One sixty-two. So thirty-five million essentially divided by one sixty-two. Ooh, he's making a lot of money per game. That would be about two hundred and twenty-one thousand dollars a game per game. Is that what we? What, make, what about is that? What we bat? make per show? Well, we can keep dividing, and maybe <laughs> maybe we'll hit that number. What about two hundred and twenty-one thousand dollars 
divided by, let's say, four at-bats a game. Is that is that mm-hmm. fair enough? Mm-hmm. So, per at-bat, he makes about $55,000. Not bad. That's not bad. That's crazy. It is. That's, I, and I know Steve, that's Monopoly money. You, you're one of those guys that when it comes to a lot of these big contracts, you keep saying, oh, well, these guys aren't worth it. You, This is a ridiculous amount of money that they're paying him. And I tend to be of the belief that, well, he is worth it because somebody just paid him yeah. for it. Let me ask you this. Let's hear it. Does Bryce Harper renegotiate his deal now? I don't know. I thought about that. Because now that he's not the highest paid player in baseball, that was his goal. I know that his agent will probably oh, be I'm nice sure. and work. That. Is he a Boris guy or a Rosenhaus guy? He's a Boris guy. I was thinking he was a Boris guy. I think, I'm pretty sure, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised to see them try to do something, but really, I don't I, I don't see a, a need for it. And I, I'm a pro-player person. I want the players to be able to make as much money as possible. I want them to do well sometimes when the billionaire owners don't do as well. I want them to have to open up their wallets. I want them to have to get one of those massive life-size checks out and write a billion dollars on it and sign it off and and get the players their money. Because, Steve, sometimes I feel like you're you're too much of a team player. You're I too much of an organization player. guy. I'm a team player. Where if the St. Louis Cardinals signed you to, to play second base and you were an all-star, you'd say, hey, just just give me the league minimum so that way we can keep getting some other players around me. I would do that. I think that you'd say, okay, you don't need to give me five. Well, let's put it in football. You're playing slot receiver for the Chiefs. Okay. You might say, okay, I don't need this $22 million a year contract. I'm the blur. I can run slants all day. I can outrun Tyreek. I want to take a fair amount, but I want you guys to be able to go get good players too. And I feel like that's the way you would be. While I'm the guy that says, hey, you got to go get your money, especially in a sport like football, while you can. Right. Look at the Albert Pujols deal, Steve. Oh, terrible deal. Well, in some ways it might be, but Albert Pujols has still been a legendary player, and although his numbers haven't been incredible while he's been in L.A., he's still been a really good player. He's been okay. He's been hurt all the time. He's been hurt a lot, but that's because he was getting into the back half of his career, and I know his age on his ID probably says 37, but he... Wouldn't have happened if he'd stayed with the Cardinals. That's true. Redbirds, they, they, oh, that's they, right. they never die. That's right. But... Steve, this brings me to a conversation that I wanted to begin to talk about, and we get to this point a lot of the time in the year when we get to the NCAA tournament and we start to talk about college basketball players and should they be paid. And this is a conversation that a lot of people tend to be on opposite sides of the spectrum of right now. I'm sure that you've been seeing different conversations had on ESPN. I haven't seen it as much this well, week as I, I, as I thought I I'm would. one of those guys of the belief you're getting your college tuition paid for. That's what – I don't even know how much college tuition is now. Well, but, it depends on where you go. Well, just figure, what, $50,000 a year. Is where that, are you going to school? Well, I don't know. Duke? I don't know. Well, maybe. I don't know. How much is college tuition? I think if you were saying like K-State or KU. Yeah. 25 A year? Yeah. Oh, okay. What would you think it was? I thought it was 25 thought, a semester. Oh, no. Oh, okay. Yeah, a lot better. A lot easier than that. Well, it was, I think I paid – $1,200 my last year. So, total. Steve, I, I want you to give me some reasons why you believe that college players should not be paid, and I'm going to give you the counter to that, even though I probably I, won't necessarily agree. I think agree. they should be given a small stipend. They are. Okay, well, 
for the most part. Yeah. At these big schools. But, you know, their big gripe is that like the jerseys. That's their big gripe. But how can you I mean, how could you police that with so many players? You know, say a uh Diedrich Lawson jersey or a Frank Mason jersey. I mean, there's so many players who would keep track of all that. There was a really good argument that I saw somebody make the other day. I can't remember who it was. It might have been, oh, it was Charles Barkley. And he wasn't on air or anything, but somebody was just recording him. And he was saying, look, I'm, I'm all for finding a way to get these guys some money. But when it comes to jersey sales, like you just mentioned, so let's put in perspective, like you said, the KU basketball team. The Diedrich Lawson jersey probably will sell more than maybe the Mitch Lightfoot jersey or the... How about Garrett Lewinstra? It'll sell more than the Garrett Lewinstra jersey. The example that Charles Barkley gave, and he said this is where I think it could be a problem, is, I'm trying to think of a good example, Matt Leinart at USC, Mm -hmm. Reggie Bush at USC in Mm -hmm. those prime days. Mm -hmm. There are going to be a whole lot more 11 jerseys and 5 jerseys sold than there are of anything else. Barkley would then say, how do you think the offensive linemen would feel about that? How do you think they would feel that nobody's going to buy a number 72 jersey while they're the ones that are doing all the work and going and blocking the way? Mm -hmm. Even the fourth-string receiver that has five receiving touchdowns that year, probably not going to work much out of that. I'm not as big of a fan of the jersey sales. I, I I just think it's too hard to figure out a way to get the right money well, into getting, certain places. They're getting room and board, and their and their uh, uh, studies. Well, some people would say tuition. Do you think Zion Williamson's studies really matter? Zion Williamson probably hasn't gone to class since the second semester started. But and, that, that's that's he, the example a lot of people give. They say, yeah. do you think they really care that's, about well, the Duke education? And see, that's why I've always said it's insane to have the rule they have to go as a freshman. I just think that's stupid. I think before anything else changes with college athletics, we are going to reach a point where that rule changes. And that Oh, I rule, think it's going to be very soon. And, and I, I don't think it's going to be very long from now. Right. And remember, this is not an NCAA rule. It's an NBA this rule. This is an NBA rule. And there are all sorts of people all the time that are saying, Oh, NCAA, they're corrupt. They won't let Zion be free. Let him go to the NBA. Let him do it. When this is the NBA, this is Adam Silver. Mm -hmm. Now, I get the feeling that Adam Silver is going to be the one that changes this rule. Yeah. Because of players like Zion Williamson, where they can be able to go whenever they feel like their market is there and go to the NBA. And there was another rule that was proposed that said, for guys that are their first year out of high school, make them go to the G League first. But I'm not a fan of that either. No. If you are good enough to be in the NBA, I think you should be in the NBA. Right. Zion Williamson. And the other thing that I say all the time, too, is I know that with college basketball, there are a lot of players. Let's just say the, the college players that are freshmen that get taken in the draft. How many would you assume that is? 25? Say that again? Every year, the freshmen that get taken in the NBA right. draft. How oh. many would you say there are? 25? Probably. Maybe 30? Yeah, 25, 30, yeah. But you got a lot of international guys, too. But let's just keep it with this with college. Okay. So let's say you take out those 30 guys 
that would have been in college for one year and then would go to the draft. Let's say you just take those 30 guys out. Not much really changes with college basketball if you take the top 30 players out. Do you agree it, that not that much it, I changes? Think it, I think it really, you'd see a lot of parity is what I'd say. I don't think it would change that much. I really don't. I think that KU would still get the players from 30 to 35. I think Duke would still get the players from 30 to 35. And I don't really think anything would change at all. I, I think it would not be anything better. I don't think it'd be anything worse. I just I think, think you'd I see think, the really good players not go to college. I think you'd see a lot of guys make bad decisions. That's the only thing I – letting them go pro right out of high school, I think you're going to have a lot of guys that have people tell them, oh, you can, you can play in the show, and they end up being like Josh Selby. Well, I think that what they would do to match that is similar to what they've already done, and that is that neutral ground, that time where even the guys that are in college can say – I'm going to go test the waters. I'm going to go through these workouts. I'm going to figure out if I can make it. And typically they have the right people there telling them, hey, man, you're going to be the number five pick to maybe the Mm -hmm. 15 pick. Mm -hmm. I think that that will get worked out. Now, if you think you're going to be the number 30 pick and you don't get picked until number 50, what do you think they're telling? Bad Qu- luck. What do you think they're telling Quentin Grimes? Better stay in Lawrence. <laughs> I, I think that they'll be able to figure that out. Yeah. I think that it could happen and burn some people like it does. Yeah. There are always people that it burns every oh, year, and sure. they have to go to Europe or they have to go to the yeah. G League or go do something. Yeah. There are always people that are going to try and do too much. Right. But I think this could work with opening up the grounds, and I I would assume that they would say you have to be in high school, but I don't even. Care as much, you have to be done with high school, but I don't even care as much about that. Zion Williamson probably could have been playing in the NBA as a senior in high school. Sure. I'm cool with whenever you think you're ready, go for it. I don't think there should be any restrictions because the next really great player, LeBron or Zion, the next one that LeBron comes along, Jr. they might be ready to go at 16. Yeah. And if you're European, I think you can do it. Yeah. I'm all about getting them there whenever they can make money. I don't want to see a 16-year-old in the NBA. Why not? I think that'd be awesome. Not if it was me at 16. With all the crazy travel and temptations and things like that in the NBA. Why not? Oh, that's crazy. I don't think I don't think the I don't think it will happen very often. They're not ready emotionally. I don't think it will happen all that often. I think you're you're talking like just a very small right. I mean, if if somebody's ready to go, go for it. Kobe, KG, you know those even the nineteen year old Malone. Think about Zion next year. He's going to be nineteen years old. Yeah, he's going to travel for two years with a bunch of grown men on his team. Yeah, and not be able to go buy a legal drink. Mm -hmm. I think he'll be able to resist some temptation though. Or he'll just go get somebody on his team to go buy him a beer. <laughs> I, I don't know. E- easy yeah. enough. Yeah. There, it's an ever never-ending debate, and it will continue for a long time. But I think that's the rule that is going to come first. And you will see people complaining about it all throughout the NCAA tournament, all the NBA fans, all the anti-NCAA people. But I'll tell you what, I love this event that they put on it. I'm a huge college sports fan. Oh, and I there's know nothing are. better than what's going to happen this week. Steve, let's take our first break. I'm going to take another look at the tournament bracket coming up starting today, although Steve will say it starts on Thursday. It begins today with the first four games and the play-in games that will be happening in Dayton, Ohio. We're back after this. You're listening to According to Jim, 96.7 FM, KBBE. 
You're listening to the According to Jim podcast with Jim Joyner and Steve Self. According to Jim is brought to you by Great Plains Federal Credit Union, Farmers State Bank with branch locations in McPherson, Lindsborg, and Galva, Next Tech Wireless, and Brown Shoe Fit in downtown McPherson. You can also listen live Monday through Friday from 12.30 to 1 p.m. on 96.7 FM KBBE or online at midkansasonline.com. Back on this afternoon's According to Jim, 96.7 FM KBBE, Jim Joyner, Steve Sell. Steve, have you gotten yourself into that? March Madness mindset yet? I haven't yet. What's your routine with March Madness? You just wake up and watch the games? You get any particular snacks? Snacks? Yeah. Ice cream sandwiches. That's all you get? You <laughs> just lay them out on the counter oh, and, yeah. and, and wait, and, wait and dive in? Twinkies. Twinkies. Got it. Ice cream sandwiches every March Madness. That's what you do? There you go. You got to have that. I always go to the Brown Basement, which is, that's their last name. Okay friend of mine from high school, they put on a big March Madness party. They're big KU fans, so whenever KU plays, they've got 60 or 70 people. They're like an afternoon. Ba- aren't they an afternoon game? Well, it's written down on my bracket here somewhere. March 21st, which day is that? Thursday? Thursday. At 4 o'clock. I believe that's Eastern, so 3 o'clock. Okay, they're 3 in the... Well, K-State, I know, plays early. K-State plays on Friday at 1 o'clock. Okay, I knew one of them was 1 o'clock, and I knew, the- I knew they were both afternoon games. Steve, whenever I look at K-State's bracket, which is the South region, and for those of you that can ever remember which one's the Midwest, which one's the South, the South this year is the top right bracket. I think it's just easier to remember when we start looking top left, top right, bottom right, bottom left. When we look at this top right bracket, to me, I see a lot of upsets. This is a bracket that I think could be kind of crazy when I look at Tennessee and Cincinnati, I think that's a very evenly matched game. I thought Cincinnati was ranked way too low, seated way too low. Purdue, I don't have a lot of faith in. Boy, I've I think St. Mary's is I'm good. I'm seeing some Final Fours having Purdue in them. I really am, which I find hard to believe. I'm not but. real high on them. But even in these 5-12-4-13 games, which K-State will have its eye on very closely, there are a lot of people that have no faith in Wisconsin and are looking at Oregon as a team to win. But there are also a lot of people that, without Dean Wade, are a little bit nervous about this K-State Oh, team. there's a lot, of, a lot of the national pundits, the talking heads, the Dick Vitale, Seth Greenbergs, you know, Jay Williams, people like that. They're saying K-State's going down in the first round. I just I don't think it's going to happen. I just think, even without Dean, I just think they're good enough to win that first one. Something tells me that it's not either, but that uh, I can just see it playing out either way. I could see it to where K-State finds a way to win. They get some help on the other side of the bracket with Oregon winning and then Wisconsin losing and finding a way to reach the Sweet 16. And who knows, maybe an upset happening up there in front of them. They'd have Virginia in the Sweet 16. I think Virginia's a really, really weird matchup for K-State because Virginia's a lot like K-State, just better offensively and better defensively. Yeah, yeah. They're a similar team well, in, the, in the style that they K-State, play. K-State wins or dies with its defense. I mean, that's what it comes down to. And they could play, in the NCAA tournament, they could play some 54-50 type of games. I really see that. When you look at the number one seeds, Steve, which is the number one seed that you feel really, really confident about 
Dude, going forward. I feel confident. Based off of all their potential matchups, you feel well, the they've most only confident lost, They've only lost Duke. one game when Zion plays. But Michigan State, I still haven't figured out how Michigan State got in the bracket with Duke because, to me, Michigan State is the second best of the twos. I still think Tennessee – I know Kentucky's rate higher, but I think Tennessee is the best of the number two seeds. I'm a, I have Tennessee in the final What four. do you think about Kentucky? They don't shoot it very well from outside other than the Tyler Hero, I think his name yeah, is. Yeah, Hero. But uh, they pound people inside. But, you know, they have flown under the radar all year because Coach K's become the new one-and-done king, and you don't hear about Kentucky's one-and-dones this year. They didn't get the quality – you know, they didn't get the top three. Duke has the one, two, three guys, one, two, three freshmen. Zion, Barrett, and uh, Cam Reddish. They're the top three freshmen in the country. So you feel the most confident about Duke winning a matchup with VCU or UCF. What about that Virginia Tech team? They've been very good. Didn't they beat Duke earlier this year without Zion? Yeah, I just, I'm telling, when Duke is on, I just don't see them losing. Now, the thing they do have, they struggle from three-point. I'll, I'll give that. And that's what a team like UCF will be able to push them with if they do play because UCF is so big inside, and mainly yeah. because of the big man Taco Fall, who Steve believes is nine foot two. At least. I think he might even be nine foot six. I think his head goes up through the net. But I think Duke has a really good chance to, to keep this thing going. I, they, they like, you, like you believe, I think they have the best chance as the number one seed. What about this, Steve? How about this question for you? Who is the top-seeded team, doesn't have to be a number one seed, but the top-seeded team that you don't have a lot of faith in, that you see and you go, uh-oh, this team's losing early? Oh, It could be a one I, seed, I thought you meant, I thought could you be meant, a two seed. Um, I have to look real close. Ah, uh, boy. What about one of those three seeds? Uh, let's see. We've Whether got, it's Texas Tech, LSU, LSU Purdue, I do not, or Houston. LSU. I don't have a lot of faith in LSU. Now, they've been having a very weird month with their coaching situation where he got fired and they've got an interim guy. Now that Will Wade, the previous coach, is still fighting back, and it's been a very strange week there, yeah. month well, you, there. You look at the other threes, Texas Tech's a three, Purdue's a three, and Houston. Houston. I don't have a lot of confidence in any of those I don't, three I don't have a lot of confidence in Houston because it does. It plays in the conference with Wichita State. The American. And that wasn't a very good conference this year. Well, they were pretty solid. But I just didn't think it was very good. I well, just, Houston lost like two games this year. Three, yeah. They and lost. Cincinnati was extremely Cincinnati good. Cincinnati beat them, though, in the in the, in the final. Yeah. And then you've got UCF. It was a pretty decent conference. I mean, it wasn't anything spectacular, but those three teams are all really good. What about those four seats? KU obviously being one of them, K-State being one of them, Virginia Tech, Florida State. I like Florida State. You like the ACC teams a little I, bit I like, better than yeah, the Big 12 teams? And I don't I don't see KU and K-State going very far. They might win one, but I just don't see them doing much after that. Dean, no Dean Wade um, makes a big difference. And then KU's just – they just haven't had it all year. They haven't been KU-like this year. And What about their road? Northeastern in the first game – and then either Auburn or New Mexico State. Auburn coming off of an incredible weekend at the SEC well, they tournament. Don't beat, they don't beat Auburn. They're not athletic enough to beat Auburn. New Mexico State. They've had a really good year in the WAC. Yeah, I, I'm saying maybe KU, the Mountain West. I'm saying KU wins one and they're done. They'll win, they'll win the first one and they're done the second round. What if they do make it into the second weekend? 
Carolina. They get Carolina in the in the uh, Sweet 16 at Kansas City, but it ain't gonna matter. Carolina's far superior to KU. That would be ugly. Roy would Roy would not feel well about that because he knows he'd probably pound them by 15. Something tells me that this this is either going to be a horrific first weekend for KU, or they're a team destined for March. I don't see it, and that they're playing essentially at home against North Carolina, maybe in the Sprint Center. And something tells me that they could win that game. I don't. I, I really see this as they, an absolute bomb at first, or they're going to figure it out and be at home. I just don't and roll. I don't think they're going to figure it out. Just you know, having played at the Sprint Center, it would be an advantage against Carolina. Having that KU crowd behind them, and then of course rooting against Roy, because there's some still some KU fans still feel jilted that Roy left them 16 years ago. And I'd say to those people, get over it. Even at Christmas, <laughs> come on. I mean, really. Bill Self's done a pretty good job since he's been there. Yeah, he's not been bad. Not bad. Steve, your final prediction. Okay. Who do you think is going to win this all? I know that we'll have some time to talk about it next week. But who do you have circled in the middle of your bracket? I've got Duke. I mean, I just – I can't go against Duke, but if I did – man, you look at the other side of the bracket, Carolina to me. I can see a Duke-Carolina final. I really can. Woo. Yeah. Woo. Round four. TV ratings galore. Oh, my goodness. Could you imagine? Jim Nance comes on. Hello, many friends. And especially friends in North Carolina. Yeah, yeah. What are they? How far apart are they? Like 10 miles. Ooh. Tobacco Road. Tobacco Road. Tobacco Road. Steve, let's take our final break. When we come back, we'll talk a little bullpup soccer today. Oh, there we go. Hopefully they can avoid the rain coming up at McPherson Stadium. We'll do that next. You listen to According to Jim, 96.7 FM, KBBE. You're listening to the According to Jim podcast with Jim Joyner and Steve Self. According to Jim is brought to you by Great Plains Federal Credit Union, Farmer State Bank with branch locations in McPherson, Lindsborg, and Galva, Next Tech Wireless, and Brown Shoe Fit in downtown McPherson. You can also listen live Monday through Friday from 1230 to 1 p.m. on 96.7 FM KBBE or online at midkansasonline.com. Wrapping up today's According to Jim, 96.7 FM, KBBE. Steve, we're running out of time today. It's almost time to get a little soccer on. The spring sports are here. We haven't done a game in like 10 days. You're going to be a little little rusty, aren't you? I want to see the new turf. I am excited, too. I think there's a new Bulldog logo. It's very green. It's going to be very bouncy. Yeah. 6.30 6.30 for the McPherson girls tonight, taking on Salina South. And the rain should be cleared out. I think it's Hopefully. Supposed to I think it's supposed to rain from about 3 to 6 is what I've been seeing. That or it will be very, very slick Yes, Ooh, out there could, tonight. Could be. But we'll take the air at about 6.20 as the McPherson girls try to follow up what was one of the most impressive girls' soccer seasons I've ever seen. 18-2-1, they finished third in the state, scored 136 goals, which is 6.5 per game. Right. If you score six and a half goals per game, you're going to be very good. Yeah. You're not going to lose especially very often. A, especially when you got a goalie that gives up .28 goals a game. Not bad. Steve, we got to get out of here, but we're excited about it. Enjoy your time to watch some basketball. I'm going to be at the DMV tomorrow. It's going to be a thriller. And no show. No, no show, show, show rest, tomorrow. No show the rest no of the week. No show Thursday. No show Friday. You're going to be okay? I'll be fine. I believe you. Casey will take care of me. Yeah, there you go. 
Wrapping up today's show, for Steve Sell, I'm Jim Joyner. Thanks for listening to According to Jim. We'll see you tonight at McPherson Stadium. According to Jim with Jim Joyner and Steve Sell was brought to you by Great Plains Federal Credit Union, Farmers State Bank with branch locations in McPherson, Lindsborg, and Galva, Next Tech Wireless, and Brown Shoe Fit in downtown McPherson. Make sure to listen to According to Jim every weekday from 1230 to 1 p.m. right here on 96.7 FM KBBE.